Friends, hello. I hope you're doing well. My name is Michael, and I bring you greetings from San Leandro, where my covenant partner, Erina, and I are co-pastors. It's the family business um, at Bethel Community Presbyterian Church. Uh, fun fact, um, we were at church this past Sunday for a hybrid gathering, and um, my wife, Erina, looked at our children and looked at me and said, they're PKs, they're pastor's kids. What are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. We're trying. From wherever you are trying, it's good that you are here. It's okay to be trying right now. <laughs> it really is okay. Um, I bring you greetings from Bethel Community Presbyterian Church, um, a faith community that we've had the pleasure of being part of the past almost three years. Um, I bring you greetings on behalf of our family, our children, Amara and Jarena, our extended families that are mostly in California, our extended, extended families that are mostly in America, um, but in large part also for Erina in Korea and the Philippines and Singapore and other places. Um, it is good to be together. It is good that you are here. And you might be wondering, what, why is the preacher wearing a thing? It's a thing. Um, because um, there is a way in which uh, the scriptures in large part are poetry. And sometimes we forget that they're poetry because they're sometimes easy, easier to understand as things that tell us what to do. Um, but in large part, I think the story of God is a story, a story that deserves to be engaged with and entered into sometimes in some different ways. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing bits and pieces of a song every now and again, and then we're going to talk about Psalm 84, and then I might sing another bit and piece of the song, and then we'll talk more about Psalm 84, and then at the end, I'll sing you the whole song because why not? I hope that's okay. Do y'all know what it feels like to be in a house that feels like home? To be in a house that feels like home. I know what it's like for a house that felt like a home to not feel like a home anymore because I recently discovered and was telling some new friends uh, today that my grandma's house, which felt like the most home I'd ever felt like, uh, was recently uh, sold after, you know, she passed away 10 or so years ago and it got sold and then it got sold again. And so we got to see the pictures on Zillow and it's not my grandma's house anymore. It's a flipped house with fancy countertops and a wet bar. Um, and fancy backsplash in bathrooms that I never used, but I was, maybe I used that bathroom. I don't even know what room this is. This is not my grandma's house. This is not my grandma's house. Do you know what it feels like to be in a house that feels like home? Psalm 84 gives us an image of a house that feels like home. Friends, I think that's what the presence of God is supposed to feel like, a house that feels like home.
I long to live in your house It is a beautiful place Come and show me the way to your house My soul in longs it fades. I long to live in your house. It is a beautiful place. Come and show me the way to your My soul it longs and it faints. Can you hear it? Can you hear Creator's voice? Creator says, Welcome. Welcome to my house. How lovely is your dwelling place. What a house. Creator's house is the home that our souls have been waiting for. Creator's house is not just where we find Creator, but it is where Creator hosts us, feeds us, gives us rest, and gives us purpose. And friends, what happens when we are rested? What happens when our bodies are well-fed? What happens when we know we are in a place where we know to whom we belong and we know who belongs to us? Our bodies respond. Our hearts and our flesh sing for joy like you're singing in the shower because you just know this is where I belong this is where I'm at peace and I cannot help but respond except to sing. Creator says, welcome, welcome to my house. And the psalm continues, and I am reminder of the pastor, theologian, ecologist, Randy Woodley, who says something to the effect of, lest we sink too deeply into anthropocentrism, this false assumption that our human experience overshadows that of the rest of anything else in the community of creation, God's house has plenty of room for the sparrow and the egg-laying swallow, and pretty soon, her babies. This is a house made to accommodate everything that God has made and our choice to be in God's presence, to choose into relating to God, will implicate our relationship with everything God has made. At our house in San Leandro, we have plum trees. And, and, and the first summer that they grew some fruit, I was like, what do we do with all this fruit? It's too much fruit. And I looked on the internet, what do you do with so many plums? And they were like, plum jam. And so we made some of that, and it was all right. But then I heard we can make plum wine. Oh, plum wine, friends. It's just delicious. And so every summer, uh, we moved there in 2018. So every summer since 2019, I go out to the trees. I gather the plums. I feed some to the kids. 
And then I dumped some in some jars along with some booze and some sugar. And five months later, praise God. You know, I've been doing this the past three years, and every year I get hit with this welling up of emotion because I am reminded that this is the first period in my life in which I have such a positive relationship with the ground. I have never been a part of growing something and making something for what I've grown like this. And as I do it, I'm reminded of the ways that those who are my ancestors were given quite an evil relationship with the ground. They were forced to grow things. They were forced to bring the knowledge of the way that they grow things to this place and to create an economy largely based on their subjugation, stealing their knowledge, but feeding the mouths of others. But when I drink our plum wine, I'm reminded that another kind of relationship with the ground is what is intended for us in the presence of God. I'm reminded that I'm invited into a renewed relationship with all of creation where things grow because I am a joyful, willing, agency, holding participant. And I am free to both enjoy what I can make and invite others to do the same. What a house. What a house this is where we can connect to each other, to the presence of God, and to the grounds. As we journey through the valley, we remember your presence is our home. And in the wilderness, we cry out, Oh God of Hagar, we long to see you. We need to be seen by you, your presence is our home. Oh, as we journey through the valley, oh, we remember your presence is our presence is our home. 
The psalmist says, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And I am reminded of my grandparents, my aunts, my mentors, my ancestors. Maybe some of you understand what I'm saying. The people who, if you look at their hearts, what they long for and what they desire, you catch a glimpse of the goodness, the love, the justice, the rightness of God in whom their hearts are the highway to Zion. I think of my ancestors as people who have gone through dry, hot desert valleys, the genocidal Middle Passage, the centuries of slavery, the decades of Jim Crow, the dark days of current police brutality, economic racism, environmental racism, queer and trans violence. Some of you know what the valley feels like. Some of you know what it means for your ancestors who have, to have gone through dry, hot desert valleys, but have seen them turn them into places of springs. I think about the way that my people have, have, have chosen self-expression, the ability to create tradition and culture in a space that was designed to suspend us in perpetual destitution in the heart of my ancestors is the highways to Zion. You see, sometimes what helps me and perhaps us to talk to God and remember what God's presence is like is to remember our ancestors, the ones who woke up at 5 a.m., who ended up in the basements of those churches in the midst of radiators, heat blaring, praying, crying out to God, the ones who keep their prayer lists inside their Bibles and have done so for the last 86 years, the ones who discovered a bridge between the spirituality of their homeland and the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Remembering what our ancestors and our elders have loved and how they have lived sometimes can allow us to remember and receive God's invitation into this space of vulnerability and transformation. And then this psalm ends with a plea. And I will paraphrase it for you because I need you to hear it this way. The plea is this, hear us, see us, honor us, show us your favor. Friends, this is not a polite request. Friends, this is not a, a, a meek beseeching we need you to do this because, 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 God, we know that a day in your presence is better than a thousand anywhere out here. We know that sitting outside the doors of your house would be better than having an entry space and a bed and a desk and a sink in a place that designs our demise. Do you hear the confidence and desire in this? Do you hear the urgency and the demand? I'll say it another way. I think it seems like the psalmist demand for God to remind them that they are seen and known comes from the confidence in already knowing that God's house is incredible. 
They already know what it is like to be in this place in which they belong. The way I pray has changed. I learned praying the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I had to memorize it in order to go play outside one day. That's how I learned the Lord's Prayer. I learned I should play, pray the prayer before I go to sleep and I go to eat. As my faith expanded, I experienced a God who I knew was all around me wanting to lead me and speak to me and invite me into God's amazing work. And over the past 10 years, my prayers have changed. My prayers have far more expletives than I thought were allowed. My prayers are a lot of screaming now. When you see videos of people that look like you getting killed, when you see statistics of the people that look like you dying disproportionately in a pandemic, your prayers change. When I figured out definitively that the old song was false and that this land was not made for me, my prayers changed. I know that in the reality of God, in Creator's house, I belong. And I know that in this world, it's hard to see that. And as that incongruence between what I know is true in the presence of God and what I know is true out there has made its way through my head and my heart and my body, my prayers have become that of Psalm 84. Hear us, God. See us, God. When are you coming? Save us now. We need honor and favor from you today. Perhaps my urgency is directly connected to the level of fear I have being in this brown skin. Perhaps if you are hearing this kind of urgency and it makes you a bit uncomfortable, maybe it speaks to your relative ability to insulate yourself from various realities. I might suggest to you today that our urge to pray and the way that our bodies operate in this world are connected. For those caught in the tide of seemingly unending attempts to scrape away at our sense of dignity, safety, belonging, please note that your urgency to see things be made right, that urgency is the spirit of God moving in your bones. And just like your ancestors, I want to encourage you to follow that road. Follow it all the way. Your heart knows what it is to be in the presence of one around whom you belong. And for those of us with the agency to insulate ourselves from the violence that forces us to, to kind of experience the worst that these empires have to offer, I ask you, what will bring you into the presence of our good creator and compel you into that urgent demand? What will make you cry out to God to make all things right? 
What kind of empathy, what kind of self-giving do you need to integrate that will make your heart pray what our ancestors have been praying for hundreds of years? When will you join us? Friends, this is the house of God. This is the house of God in which there is room for all. And there is room for all of our expression. There is no room for tyranny. And so as we experience it in this world, friends, my encouragement for you is to run into the house of God. And when you get there, you do what you need to do. Do you need to scream? You do it. Do you need to say nothing? Do it. Do you need to just hold somebody's hand? Do it. Do you need to hug a tree and be reminded that this tree for thousands of years has stood and not be moved and thus is the goodness of God that stands and will not be moved? Hug that tree. Friends, whatever you do, I hope you know that you have a place in the house of God. I'm gonna sing this song in full as a way to give us the opportunity just to reflect a little bit more.
sing by you. Your presence is our home. Oh, in your house, you give us honor. Show us the way to your house, we pray. Amen. <laughs>